Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Welcome everyone. I'm Vicki Vasilika, Director of the Clinical Specialist and Scientist section here at ASHP. And thanks for tuning in for this COVID-19 special edition episode. As we all know, COVID-19 has presented many clinical, operational, and educational challenges in the past year. With that in mind, ASHP is sharing insights and lessons learned presented by your peers from the 2020 Mid-Year Clinical Meeting so that you can incorporate these best practices into your own as we all do our part in caring for our patients. An overview of our site. Pembroke Community Medical Center is an entity of the University of Pennsylvania Health System, which is located in the West Philadelphia area of Pennsylvania. The specialty pharmacy operations at our site were initiated back in 2012, with the clinical pharmacist services beginning in 2016 with a single FTE. These pharmacists were embedded in the specialty practices of our offices and has grown over the years to a team of five clinical pharmacists covering multiple specialty practices, which include rheumatology, gastroenterology, dermatology, pulmonology, cardiology, oncology, and so forth. In addition to specialty areas, we also provide chronic disease state management services within our family medicine practices, which include hypertension, diabetes, COPD, asthma, et cetera. The Penn Family Care Office, which is where our chronic disease state managements mostly occur, provides care to approximately 18,000 patients annually for the entire clinic. This practice sees on average about 200 to 300 patients a day between 60 providers, which includes attendings and medical residents. The pharmacy referral clinic conducts patient visits to optimize care and clinical outcomes for our patients with these chronic diseases and serves as a longitudinal training environment for our PGY-1 pharmacy residents on site. Going into our case problem, uh, this problem, which has affected multiple different entities across the country, even across the world, is related to COVID-19. In Pennsylvania, the COVID, you can see here in the graph below that the COVID-19 cases began to spike throughout the month of March of 2020, earlier this year. Leadership advised the transition to offsite work beginning March of seven, March 17, 2020, for all pharmacy personnel who were able to work remotely, which included the ambulatory care clinical pharmacy staff who were embedded in these practices that were also being transitioned to fully virtual and fully remote. 100% of our practices were uh, offsite practices were being transitioned to this platform, and so the decision was made for our pharmacy team to also be transitioned offsite as well to decrease risk of exposure and spread of the virus once the lockdown down occurred into the city. As you can see here on the 17th is when the cases were slowly beginning to rise until the end of the month where they began to spike more drastically in the state of Pennsylvania. This became, became, uh, became uh, this was a challenge for our patients because our patients were being scheduled for in-person visits for our pharmacy team. And so the decision was needed to be made quickly and swiftly to transition all these patients over to a secure virtual platform to conduct these visits. Workflow for visit management and reintegration of our pharmacy residents was in charge of the clinical pharmacy team. Prior to being transitioned off-site, our pharmacy residents were also involved in in-person care for these patients and conducting these visits in real time with our patients in the office. And so when the transition was made to tra go off-site, we had to remove the pharmacy residents from the workflow while we temporarily figured out a way to solve this problem and be able to continue to provide uh, care for these patients uh, off-site. Our course of action for what led to us 
to solve the problem was to convert our currently scheduled visits to a secure virtual platform. March 17th was a Tuesday, and that was the first day that we were off-site, and that was also our first day that we conducted our virtual visits for our patients. Our clinics are usually scheduled on Tuesday afternoons and Wednesday mornings each week, and so we had to make a quick decision prior earlier that week to make sure that we had our patients appropriately rescheduled and notified that they should not be coming to the office for their scheduled appointment, but that someone from the pharmacy team will be reaching out to them to conduct the visit telephonically or over video chat. We had to design and optimize a remote workflow. So in addition to optimizing our workflow, designing a workflow for our specialty program, for our other outside clinics, we also had to design a workflow for our chronic disease state management clinic. And then we also had to maintain a level of care for scheduled and newly referred patients to our practices that providers were still actively seeing uh, telephonically or virtually. In addition, we had to maintain a level of training for our PGY1 pharmacy residents, uh, which was probably the biggest challenge that we had to encounter. And then we also had to evaluate timelines to return for in-person visits in collaboration with key stakeholders, such as our providers that we work with in the office, in addition to our pharmacy leadership team. An alternative resurgence plan was posed to our team for doing a hybrid model at first of in-person but in telemedicine clinic visits. However, that, that uh, resurgence plan was taken off the table when it was decided that 100% of providers will be seeing their patients remotely off-site. These next few, this next slide is probably going to be the bulk of the presentation going over the solution of, and the process that we took in order to solve the problem that was posed due to the COVID-19 pandemic in our clinics. And so the first step in our, in our uh, problem-solving solution was to communicate the plan for ongoing pharmacy referral service to, services to all stakeholders, which included, again, our pharmacy leadership, outpatient pharmacies, and also our providers and office staff that we work closely with side by side. We had to develop and pilot a telemedicine workflow, and this workflow needed adjustments in order to fulfill documentation requirements, scheduling requirements, and also just communication requirements with our providers. So prior to this, we were doing our own scheduling um, and figuring out logistics for our office, for our clinic, and so this transition to a telemedicine workflow needed to include those changes and updates as well. We needed to optimize the workflow uh, in collaboration with our stakeholders, so multiple rounds of revisions and feedback that were received to make sure that patients were receiving the best care possible given the circumstances and the resources that we had available at the time. We needed to standardize and finalize the workflow, and this was also piloted by the preceptors for the first couple of weeks until we were able to re-engage the residents. However, prior to that, we created a detailed telemedicine workflow specifically for the PGY1 pharmacy residents. That way they knew what steps they needed to do, to con uh, what steps they needed to take in order to conduct a proper visit for patients. Um, we will review this workflow document in the next few slides as an example for your reference. However, we did need to provide extensive training and orientation to our residents prior to releasing them and letting them be able to conduct these visits independently. After six weeks since transitioning off-site, uh, we finally were able to reintegrate our residents back into the clinic to conduct these telemedicine visits. And these visits were um, six months post their beginning of their residency program. So at this point, they were very well trained in these different disease states and conducting these visits. However, they did just need to be oriented to the fact that it was going to be virtual and not in person, which, were their, which is what they were most familiar with. So this training and composed of uh, not only orienting them to the, to the, or not only orienting them to the document, the workflow document, but also making sure that they had, they had ample um, time to be able to uh, 
understand how the preceptors were conducting these visits. And so these visits were conducted by the preceptors for with the residents to shadow us. And then once the residents felt comfortable shadowing us and were comfortable with conducting these visits, they were transitioned to be able to do these visits independently with only preceptor oversight at the end of the visit themselves. We collected and evaluated resident feedback over the, the weeks that the residents were on rotation with us until they graduated in June of 2020. And we use this feedback to apply it to our current class of residents and if we were uh, going to continue on this telemedicine workflow moving forward for our training program. Lastly, we wanted to conduct monthly reassessments to provide in-person care. So this was in collaboration with our office leadership within the Penn Family Care Practice to ensure that, uh, to ensure that the appropriateness of us coming on site was uh, made in a decision that was in collaboration with these providers um, to make sure it was safe and also beneficial for our, our clinic staff. Below is a virtual, work, a virtual workflow example. And this document was what was provided to the residents and also to the pharmacy preceptors for how to conduct a, a pharmacy visit and also how um, what to do prior to and after the visit has concluded. And so some general notes that we, we wanted to make sure that we uh, stressed to the residents was that we were going to utilize a Microsoft Teams platform, which was uh, subscribed through our universe, through our health system uh, since we transitioned to offsite. And these, this Microsoft Teams platform was used for urgent questions during patient visits. Um, we would inform the preceptor, they would need to inform the preceptor if they would like for them, for us to sit in on the initial calls for evaluation until we felt that they were comfortable. Um, and once they felt comfortable, like I said before, they would transition to be able to do these things independently with just preceptor sign up at the end of their visits. And then we also wanted to make sure we emphasize continue to uh, support recommendations with literature and guidelines to ensure that they were backing up their recommendations um, with primary literature and data to support everything. So the next, few, the next few sections of the document are broken into prior to clinic workflow, during the visit, and after the clinic, or after the visit has been concluded. The first part included pre-charting scheduled patients thoroughly prior to the clinic session. So at this point in the residency program, the residents were taking on 100% of the schedule, and so they were expected to work up all the patients. We had to create a new smart phrase, which essentially is a template that would be used during the visit that residents would fill out in order to document their progress or in order to document the visit and patient progress. And so this documentation was uh, vetted through our leadership and also vetted through our clinical staff to ensure that all of the points were, um, were addressed appropriately. The next part of this document, which encompasses during the clinic session itself, uh, includes discussing with the patient, uh, with the preceptor prior to the visit, and then also calling the patient at the preferred number within the EMR system. If patients did not answer the phone, um, they could be reached out, if they could be reached out alternative number, residents weren't encouraged to do so. And if they were unable to reach the patient, they were to, to leave a message with a callback number for the patient to call back prior to the end of the clinic session if possible. Um, if the patients did not answer the phone, the residents were expected to open a telephone encounter, which essentially is a note within the patient's chart to document the call attempt and to not mark the patient as a no-show until the end of the clinic session in which the in case the patient does indeed call back. And if the resident did have time, they could conduct that visit, but if not, they could leave it to the preceptor to reschedule the patient for another time. If patients respond, they are to conduct a telemedicine visit and then mark in the schedule that the patient has arrived so that the front desk staff at the clinic were able to know that the patient was answered the phone and the telemedicine visit was being conducted. And this allows us to be able to 
keep track of the patients that were arriving to their visit uh, that are arriving versus that were no showing. Um, in order to conclude the visit, the the resident would either consult the preceptor prior to hanging up with the patient, or they would uh, be able to hang up on the page or conclude the call with the patient and then just sign off to the patient if they're sign out to the preceptor if there's nothing else that needed to be discussed with the res with the preceptor. Like I said before, we were using the Microsoft Teams platform to conduct these uh, virtual clinic sessions or to conduct these clinic sessions um, with our residents. And so at the beginning of the clinic session, we would uh, call our resident or the resident would call us and then we would leave the Microsoft Teams uh, video chat on the entire clinic session. That way, if the residents needed preceptor assistance, they were able to reach out to the preceptor in real time to receive uh, in input and recommendations on how to proceed before concluding the call with the patient. This was done so that we would be able to limit the amount of callback that the residents would need to do with the patient if that was necessary. At the end of the clinic session or at the end of the visit, they would review the patient case uh, or the patient with us, the preceptors, and discuss any follow-up plans that was necessary before rescheduling the patient for appropriate follow-up. If time permitted, the residents were also able uh, were allowed to work on completing documentation prior to their next visit. Lastly, after the clinic slash follow-up, uh, any patients that did not call back at the end of the clinic sessions, residents were expected to mark them as a no-show within the schedule, and that would trigger the preceptors field to reach out later in the week to try to reschedule them for another time. And then to document the summary of the intent, and they are also expected to document the summary of their intended plan and route it to the preceptor and the referring provider if they were not seen that day. Complete documentation was inspected within our within 48 hours of the visit for our residents, and they're expected to be routed to uh, the primary preceptor and also to the referring provider. If the, the referring provider was a resident or the medical resident or a nurse practitioner, they're expected to route it also in addition to our collaborating uh, physician. Another side uh, side note was productivity while working off-site for our staff was tracked uh, using a tracking report, which we filled out on a daily basis and just sent to our pharmacy leadership. That way they're aware of the hours that we we're spending on a daily basis and what we were doing while we were off-site. And this was more done from an accountability standpoint and just for us tracking to be able to make sure that um, we were spending appropriate amount of time on these specific areas um, on, on a daily or weekly basis. The results from our uh, transition offsite when we were comparing it to our, our prior to offsite results um, that there were no gaps or cancellations of scheduled pharmacy clinic sessions. So as I mentioned, when we transitioned to being offsite on March 17th, we were uh, we had advanced preparations in place so that there were, we wouldn't need to cancel any of our clinic schedules or clinic uh, visits and we were able to transition them completely virtually within that day. And so that was an advanced preparation in anticipation that we'd be moving off-site for that upcoming week. The show rates, which is probably our biggest data point, showed that our telemedicine visits were, uh, our show rates for our telemedicine visits were 63% um, over a 60-day period from April through May of 2020. And this uh, also varied between our in-office person visits, which was 51% show rates between January through February of 2020. And both of these 60-day windows were evaluated and had a total of 17 clinic sessions each. So they are equal number of clinic sessions between the two pre and post offsite um, offsite implementation. The customized workflow document created the pharmacy created for the pharmacy residents allowed for a seamless transition to a telemedicine platform, um, which allowed the residents to be able to move into continuing their training uh, even virtually while the pandemic was occurring. And again, we utilized the Microsoft Team platform, which helped us to uh, seamlessly provide 
real-time training and, and teaching for our residents, even while uh, we were not together in the same room conducting these visits with patients. These next few slides, at the end of our uh, at the end of the program for our residents before they graduate in June, we elicited their feedback for how they felt the transition was from being in-person to off-site or being from in-person to a telemedicine workflow. And so we asked them a few questions to gauge where they felt their progress was. All the residents felt like their progress in regards to the performance of how they conducted the visits were about the same compared to when they were in office. And so there are no differences, either better or worse, than when they were transitioned from being in-person to off-site. In regards to their effectiveness of communication with their preceptors during their telemedicine versus in-person, they felt that it was actually better with the communication. That was mostly probably because that instead of having to leave the room with the patient to see the elicit preceptor feedback, they're able just to elicit the feedback from the preceptors in real time through Microsoft Teams. Um, but none of the residents claimed that they felt the communication between preceptors and the residents were worse prior to uh, with the transition to a telemedicine workflow. Um, and in regards to how they would rate the tra training orientation that was provided to them in the beginning prior to their transition to telemedicine visits, uh, all of them found that it was at least somewhat helpful with um, more than about half of them saying that was extremely helpful and beneficial for them to use that workflow document in order to help to guide their visits and how to properly conduct their visits as well. Lastly, we asked based on their experience if they would prefer a in-person or a complete telemedicine visit or a hybrid of both for, for our clinic. And it was split between either doing a combination of both telemedicine and in-person or just completely in-person. One of the main benefits of doing the telemedicine was that they all, all the residents commented that doing a telemedicine workflow allowed for increased number of show rates, which we also reviewed in our results. However, the downside of not having uh, in-person office visits was that there was a lack of uh, ability to gauge where residents or where the patients were at and their engagement with the visits. And also it seemed like they were easier to ease, more easily distractible uh, when patients were over the phone versus when we had them face-to-face -face in the office. And so those are some of the limitations that we noticed with the telemedicine workflow that we weren't able to completely target um, and completely address during the, the residents' rotations. In summary, there was an 11% increase between patient show rates pre and post implementation of our telemedicine workflow. And in addition to increase in choice, there was also an increase in total number of visits. And so as you can see here, we had 102 total scheduled visits prior to uh, transition to telemedicine with 52 of those patients showing versus 180, 134 patients being scheduled for virtual visits with 84 of them showing. And so the increase in number of show rates and increase in number of patients even being scheduled um, showed that telemedicine workflow does have a benefit in regards to capturing more patients and being able to see and manage more patients more effectively at the same time. The feedback from our residents were all generally pretty positive uh, in regards to the transition. And so there's no negative feedback except for the patient experience itself uh, from the statement that they weren't able to be as personal with the patient because they weren't seeing them face to face. Lastly, effective inner and interdepartmental communication allowed for a seamless transition for maintaining patient care visits and pharmacy residents need training. And so we couldn't have done this without close collaboration with our providers and our leadership in Penn Family Care Office, in addition to collaboration with also our pharmacy leadership and our director of pharmacy, who really charged us with uh, making sure that this was seamlessly done in order to um, not, um, in order to not prevent um, lack of standard patient care. 
So the key takeaways from this presentation are that key stakeholder engagement is crucial for implementation of a telemedicine workflow. So that intra inter interdepartmental collaboration was, was definitely crucial for us to be able to make sure that this was an effective process and that this, uh, that this offer, that the service is also being uh, offered and communicated to patients in addition to our providers who are also being transitioned off, off site as well to know that the pharmacy was still conducting these visits and are still offering these services in, in an effective manner. Number two, strong residency training is actually feasible through a telemedicine workflow. However, there does need to be uh, proper resources in place and offered so that these can be conducted. And so for us, it was Microsoft Teams that allowed us to be able to collaborate with the residents closely in real time when they're conducting their uh, patient visits during these preceptive clinic sessions. And so based on the feedback from our residents, they felt that they did they still learned a lot from these from their clinic sessions, even though they were remote and that they were able to receive proper teaching from their preceptors through uh, the Microsoft Teams platform. Lastly, a hybrid model may be effective in addressing patients' need for flexibility while maintaining optimal training opportunities. So as of currently, we have transitioned back to being on site. However, our patient visits are, are at, at this time a hybrid model with some patients based on their comfort, comfort level, being able to schedule in-office visits with our pharmacy team or having the option to also maintain a telemedicine a work, telemedicine offering where they could uh, still be at home for us to conduct the visits if they weren't comfortable coming in. And we found that this model has allowed for two benefits. One, it, uh, it increased our show rates and the opportunity for residents to be able to actually conduct visits with patients uh, if they're virtual. And it still allows us to be able to have these face-to-face -face opportunities for residents, which we believe are also important for their learning and for their training to not only be able to talk to patients over the phone, but be able to use body language um, and empathy when they're meeting with patients face-to-face -face and conduct these visits. Thank you so much for listening and joining us today for this special edition podcast on COVID-19. Be sure to follow us at ASHP Official wherever you listen to your podcasts and be sure to check out our COVID-19 resource center at ashp.org backslash COVID-19 for the most up-to-date developments on COVID-19. Take care and thank you for all you do. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.